I've bought him an engagement ring. Was that a mistake? I mean, it's not a girly ring. It's a plain band with a tiny diamond in it, which the guy in the shop talked me into. If Richard doesn't like the diamond, he can always turn it round. Or not wear it at all. Keep it on his nightstand or in a box or whatever. Or I could take it back and never mention it. Actually, I'm losing confidence in this ring by the minute. But I just felt bad that he wouldn't have anything. Men don't get the greatest deal out of a proposal. They have to set up the occasion, they have to get down on one knee, they have to ask the question, and they have to buy a ring. And what do we have to do? Say yes? Or no, obviously. I wonder what proportion of marriage proposals end in a yes and what proportion end in a no. I open my mouth automatically to share this thought with Richard, then hastily close it again. Idiot. Sorry? Richard glances up. Nothing, I beam. Just great menu. I wonder if he's bought a ring already. I don't mind either way. On the one hand, it's fabulously romantic if he has. On the other hand, it's fabulously romantic to choose one together. It's a win-win. I sip my water and smile lovingly at Richard. We're sitting at a corner table overlooking the river. It's a new restaurant on the Strand, just up from the Savoy. All black and white marble and vintage chandeliers and button-back chairs in pale grey. It's elegant, but not showy. The perfect place for a lunchtime proposal. I'm wearing an understated bride-to-be white shirt, a print skirt, and have splashed out on stay-up stockings, just in case we decide to cement the engagement later on. I've never worn stay-up stockings before. But, then, I've never been proposed to before. Ooh, maybe he's booked a room at the Savoy. No, Richard's not flash like that. He'd never make a ridiculous out-of-proportion gesture. Nice lunch, yes. Overpriced hotel room, no. Which I respect. He's looking nervous. He's fiddling with his cuffs and checking his phone and swirling the water round in his glass. As he sees me watching him, he smiles too. So? So? It's as though we're speaking in code, skirting around the real issue. I fiddle with my napkin and adjust my chair. This waiting is unbearable. Why doesn't he get it over with? No, I don't mean get it over with. Of course I don't. It's not a vaccination. It's... Well, what is it? It's a beginning, a first step the pair of us embarking on a great adventure together. Because we want to take on life as a team. Because we can't think of anyone else we'd rather share that journey with. Because I love him and he loves me. I'm getting misty-eyed already. This is hopeless. I've been like this for days, ever since I realised what he was driving at. He's quite heavy-handed, Richard. I mean, in a good, lovable way. He's direct and to the point and doesn't play games. Thank God. Nor does he land massive surprises on you out of the blue. On my last birthday, he hinted for ages that his present was going to be a surprise trip, which was ideal because I knew to get down my overnight bag and pack a few things. Although, in the end, he did catch me out, because it wasn't a weekend away, as I'd predicted. It was a train ticket to Stroud, which he had biked to my desk with no warning on my midweek birthday. 
It turned out he'd secretly arranged with my boss for me to have two days off, and when I finally arrived at Stroud, a car whisked me to the most adorable Cotswold cottage, where he was waiting with a fire burning and a sheepskin rug laid out in front of the flames. Hmm. Let's just say that sex in front of a roaring fire is the best thing ever. Except when that stupid spark flew out and burned my thigh. But never mind. Tiny detail.